Howdy. What's going on? Thanks so much for listening to the podcast. It is heard live every day, by the way, from noon until 3 on WBT Radio in Charlotte. And if you want exclusive content, invitations to events, the weekly live stream, my daily show prep with links, become a patron. Go to the PeteCallanerShow.com. This podcast is also supported by North Carolina businesses, so please consider supporting them. Try not to skip through their short ad. Make sure you hit the subscribe button to get every episode for free right to your smartphone or tablet. And thanks so much for your support. Last hour, we were talking about uh, a couple of developments in this border fight, um, border security fight, I should say, at this point, because the border bill, the very bad border bill, was uh, killed. And uh, by the way, it turns out that that was Mitch McConnell's bill. And he only got four Republicans to to back it, apparently. Um, and so now there is a, there is a movement afoot to ditch Mitch. So we'll see. Yeah, we'll see how that goes. But um, there was also discussion of former mayor, former governor Pat McCrory. I had him on the program yesterday, and we were talking about uh, we talked a little bit about the immigration bill, but also about uh, the North Carolina GOP chairman Michael Watley. Uh, reportedly in line to become the next RNC chairman uh, with Ronald McDaniel stepping down uh, later this month as reported by various news outlets. And um, uh, McCrory uh, was a supporter of the very bad border bill. And when I was talking with him about it uh, and he acknowledged that he had not read the bill, which it was, you know, 370 pages long, but he had read the analysis of the bill as done by the wall street journal uh, editorial board and they came out in favor of the bill and his position was in line with theirs, which was, uh, you know, take the 80% that you can get. Now I disagreed that there was 80% that was even being offered. Um, to me, there were so many problems with the bill. There were loopholes that then became, um, uh, you know, sort of immortalized in the legislation. It just, it became a permanent feature. Uh, and, it would just allow Biden to keep doing what he's doing, except now it would be codified. And also, like the big one was that it got sent to all of these issues. Anything that was going to get litigated was going to get sent to the D.C. courts. And like that's just rigging the game, right? Texas wants to sue over some border law and application of that law, and they want to sue in Texas. And now they're not going to be able to. Everything would have to be run through the D.C. circuit, and that's the most liberal circuit. And so... They're going to, you know, the Biden administration is going to win on every lawsuit like that to me is a huge problem, huge problem when you're venue shopping and you you codify that in the law. And for the life of me, I don't know why Republicans, why Mitch McConnell, why they wanted to do that and why they thought that that would pass muster. I mean, that's the like to me, that's the biggest thing is, okay. you may want these things. You may have tried to push all of this stuff through, but. You misread where your voters and your colleagues in the Senate are, and you thought you could just kind of muscle them on this. And there were just too many poison pills. Like the whole bill was a poison pill. It was a poison bill, if you will. I'm not meaning to rhyme as often as I have been, just for the record. Um, and so Russ says Mayor Pat's support of the border bill is illustrative. He wanted to be a member of the Senate, but only read an opinion piece in the Wall Street Journal, and then he was in favor. I read several congressmen, senators, and independent journalists who were tweeting the details for several days, and I was disgusted. Too many representatives have no idea what they are voting on. 
Well, I mean, that's the, you know, the old axiom in D.C. You have to pass the bill to know what's in the bill, as we all know. Let's head to the phones here and get Bob on. Hello, Bob. Welcome to the program. Hey, Pete. How are you today? I am good. How is your walk going, sir? So far, so good. Uh, 1.34 down, 7.76 to go. Nice. So... I'll be walking. done. I'll be done. Not before your show ends, so. though. I'd imagine not. That's a that's a lot of walking still left to do. It's a lot of walking. Yeah. Uh, you know, you touched you touched on the fact that the media is an integral part of uh, allowing and even creating uh, some of the misinformation. You know that thing they hate so much, but mm. they they they're complicit in it, and these type of tactics would not work in the light of a, a fair media. And uh, you have to have people in Congress also, and even a president, everyone who's going to negotiate has to do so in good faith. But these bills, and this is what I wanted to talk about, you had talked about yesterday uh, combining unrelated items in a bill. Yeah, and, and I understand also why they do that could be compromise, could be negotiation. Right. But but what but what we're doing now, it seems like, is they'll have a bill that uh, sends $200 billion to Ukraine and makes it a federal crime to stomp a puppy. And so then you, when, when somebody votes against it, you get ads on television. MAGA puppy stomper Ted Budd wants to stomp your puppy. Right. You know, you can almost predict it with, I'm very frustrated about this, but uh, a, a, a real press would never let this happen. Right. Right. And, that, and that's why, to the, the original point, media is part of the Democrat strategy on this stuff. Yep. And this is why I always say I, I have disdain for members of the media who pretend and lie that they are not participants in the political arena. They absolutely are. Whether they want to be or not, they should know that they are. There's no way around it. You, when you Look, the first time you write an article for a newspaper or you do a, a report for a, a TV news or a radio report or something, and that ad or that, uh, that report gets used in a political ad, like you should have no further doubt that you are in the arena. No further doubt at all. Because what you have said, what you have reported, what you have put out there as, quote, the truth is now used in a political ad against somebody. Media knows this. The reporters know this. And so denying that they're part of uh, the, the, the battle, uh, I find to be duplicitous, if not ignorant. Yes. And in the last 12 months, we've had, what, 1.2 million uh, illegal uh, immigrants. And the last year of Donald Trump, we had 400,000. And the press is probably going to run with this narrative that the MAGA Republicans are making the border unsafe. Right. Which is, again, it relies on the media beating this narrative into the public psyche. That's the only way that such dumbassery works. In fact, this, yeah, I right. think, is going to be... Um, yeah, I think this is going to be this uh, week's entry into... 
Warning, you're in the zone of dumbassery. That's it. I think we are here. I think we are here. This is the uh, the this week's applicant for the 2024 uh, Dumbassery of the Year Award. And since you already knew all this, I'm not going to charge you for any of this. Today. That sounds fair. I appreciate that. Oh. Walking Bob. Thank you, sir. Enjoy the rest of your walk. Thank you. All right, buddy. See you. That's all right. So Dumbassery Award entry. I'm just making a note here. Um, and this is the... I'm gonna have to. I'll have to. I'll, I'll have to edit it up. You know, clean it up a little bit, uh, squeeze it down. You know, make it into broadcast uh, bites here. But uh, entry uh, Biden on uh, MAGA. There you go. All right. Let me go over here to Clark. Hello, Clark. Welcome to the program. How are you? Hey, Pete. It's first time caller. Um, first of all, I just wanted to say I think your show is amazing. Well, and we've thank got the- you. Yeah, we've got the best uh, one-two punch in the nation when it comes to your program and then Brett Wonderful. So we're very fortunate, and thank you for everything you do. Oh, that's very kind of you. I appreciate that. Are you trying to get on a promo? Uh, no. Uh, would you object <laughs> if we... I've talked to Brett a couple times. Okay. <laughs> I've talked to Brett a couple times, but I've never been able to get through to you. And I was like, uh, he, you know, your producer was like, yeah, you're next in line. I'm like, okay, I'll wait. Um, that's funny, because so he tells me I never have any calls. <laughs> That's weird. Oh, that's funny. Yeah. That's funny. I didn't hear, <laughs> I didn't hear the, I work, of course, and I did not hear McCrory on your program yesterday. But why would he have agreed with that if he didn't read it? Uh, well, he said he, uh, he read the Wall Street Journal editorial. So, did, well, so how did that conversation go after he said that you agreed with him, just out of curiosity? Like, did you, question him about it or I, yeah i did um and that's because i asked him i said well what about this other part and this other part and then he said well i haven't read the whole bill and and, and that's the, that yeah. to me that's the problem with 95 percent of you know politicians in general and that's that they don't really understand or read and then we get into situations like we are right now but i'll tell you um as far as this bill that you know thank god failed in the senate um, to me, okay, to me, I don't care if you're a Republican or a Democrat, if, if you're an elected official and you're an American first, how can you look at what's going on at the border and everybody that's walking through, especially now through the San Diego area and everything else, how, how can you stand for that? How could you vote for anything other than America first? And, you know, what, what's going to happen at this point? Yeah. Well, th- I think what's happening is that the uh, the tide is turning. It's turning very slowly, but I believe it is turning. I've got a story here, actually, about um, uh, voter perceptions, uh, surveys uh, that are now coming in on this issue. And this is what has got Democrats so scared, is that the tide is turning, and it's turning inside their own party. And so now they're left scrambling. Because remember, um, I don't know, how, how how old are you, Clark? If you don't mind me asking 58 58 years old. Okay, so you remember when Democrats used to be on the same page with the border security stuff, right? They didn't want uh, uh, unfettered illegal immigration because it it undermined union jobs. Right. So they were how how far are you going back when you say that? Like like 15 years, 15 years. Yeah, like not that long ago. Just uh, like that's why they were trying to work out the amnesty deal for border security. Right. And but yeah. then they learned like, OK, Republicans are not falling for that again. 
um, we want border security first, right? Uh, but that was always sort of the trade-off, and, and there was always this understanding that uh, that they would not get. I mean, Joe Biden was on, what was it, in 2016, I guess it was, or maybe maybe it was before. Oh, it may have been when he was running and Obama was running. I don't remember. But he, he at one point, he's like, no, they shouldn't be allowed in the country. Deport them all and all this. Democrats used to take a hard line on this stuff. And within right. the last 20 years, they have completely flipped. So... Uh, I think they are now. I think they. I, I think they. Uh, they overreached. I think they. They overplayed their hand on this just a wee bit. And um, and I'm hoping that uh, the the survey numbers are going to actually come around and 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 prove that to them. Uh, Clark, I do appreciate the call. Glad you got through. A record breaking number of voters now say the influx of migrants at the southern border amounts to a crisis, including growing numbers of Democrats hurting President Joe Biden's chances of winning a second term in the White House. The morning consult survey found that 57% of respondents believe the United States is battling a crisis of illegal immigration across the U.S.-Mexico border. A sharp rise on the 50% who said so two years ago. That's up 7%. Nationwide survey of 2,000 voters has troubling findings for President Joe, a Democrat, who looks to uh, who looks set to face his anti-immigration predecessor, Donald Trump. Nearly half of voters, 49 percent, said voters were or said Biden rather was, quote, very responsible for the influx of migrants at the southern frontier, followed by two in five voters who blamed the Democrat Party. Think about that. Half blame Biden. Two in five. What is that? 40% blame Democrats. But it's Trump's fault. All right, let me see if I can get uh, Walter on real quick. Hey, Walter, welcome to the program. Hey, Pete. uh, Love your show and all this conversation about the border bill. And I'm sort of old-fashioned and look for simple solutions. Mm. You know, there's a lot of laws on the books. And wouldn't the simplest solution be to pass a border bill that says enforce all the existing laws on immigration? You would think. Uh, I, too, am an Occam's razor kind of a guy. John Moore knows this about me very well. Uh, The most obvious and simplest solution is usually the or explanation is usually the correct one. And, uh, yeah, it seems like we've got the laws. Why not just enforce them? Much like the gun debate, you know? Yeah, I know that I know that I'm not a lawyer, but. I know that under the law, there's a thing called a writ of mandamus. And if a if a city, for example, has an ordinance and they're not enforcing it to the detriment of some of their citizens, one can go to court and ask the court to mandate the enforcement of the law. I don't know with our, um, you know, system of government if the court can order the executive branch to do their job, but at at lower levels, mandamus is all about requiring people to actually do what the law says. Yeah, interesting. Walter, I appreciate the call, buddy. Thank you, sir. All right, do the current world events have you wondering whether we are teetering on the edge of catastrophe? Are you concerned it's going to reach our shores? Okay, so what are you doing about your concerns? Let me help. Carolina Readiness Supply at carolinareadiness.com. Whether you're looking to expand your emergency preparedness supplies or you have no idea where to even begin, Carolina Readiness Supply can help you. Food, water purifiers, tools, first aid kits, instructional materials, 
camping and hiking supplies even, because being prepared is just smart. Carolina Readiness Supply has 2,000 square feet of supplies and educational materials that you'll need for any kind of emergency. In Waynesville and always at CarolinaReadiness.com, veteran-owned Carolina Readiness Supply. Will you be ready when the lights go out? Yes, according to the Morning Consult survey, half of voters, 49%, said Biden was, quote, very responsible for the influx of migrants. Another uh, 40% blamed uh, the Democrat Party. Especially troubling for Biden is how opinions have shifted fast among his own supporters. Only 31% of Democrats said that the border was in crisis in early 2021. 31%. It is now 41%. Three out of every 10 Democrats say Joe Biden is, quote, very responsible for that surge. Biden, um, he and his Democrats continue to face a large trust gap with Donald Trump and their Republican counterparts to handle this matter, according to uh, the pollster, the morning consult, which is why you're seeing these arguments made now that, oh, it's actually the Republicans that don't want the border controlled. And I I point out, yet again, the Republicans passed a border security bill. Already did it. They did it like two months ago. H.R. 2. Bill, welcome to the program. Hello, Bill. How are you? Yes, sir. Yes, sir, Pete. Uh, I'm doing fine. Good. I just had a couple quick quick things. Uh, I know they just tried to impeach Mayorkas and... All that kind of fell through. Why don't you go up the line? Who's the next uh, one who is the, quote, border czar? Uh, Would would that be our illustrious vice president? Uh, Has she not uh, done her utmost to totally ignore the crisis? Well, I thought she was going to get at the root causes of the the wave of illegal immigration. Right? Yeah, she was. Yeah. (laughs) She's not even in the garden yet. Yeah, well, be ca- so here, be careful what you wish for, Bill, because, all right, let's say you start going after Kamala Harris, and let's say you're like, hey, she, as the borders are, she was going to be getting into all the root problems, and she hasn't done her job, and so we're going to impeach her. That might actually be okay by some Democrats, because if they could take her out and put somebody else in as Veep, then that would be the president after 2024 if Biden wins. Yeah, that, that is a scary thought. Right. So, yeah, so they, I think Kamala Harris, I think, is a good insurance policy um, against this sort of thing from happening because, like, you think Joe Biden and his approval numbers are low. Hers are worse. She's, like, at the oh bottom. I, oh, I she's cannot, really. I cannot even imagine her as president. No, nah, she's her. Her. She is so unpopular, you know, she she had to drop out of the presidential race before they even went to California because she couldn't even win her own state of California that she had represented as a U.S. senator. So, uh, yeah, she's she's not a good politician, not a good campaigner, uh, and her approval numbers are terrible. Democrats really don't want her to be president, but uh, they and, and so if you give them an exit ramp there where they could where they could ditch her and put somebody else in, they may be OK with that. So let's not throw them in the briar patch. OK. All right. OK. What? One other thing yes, sir. that has kind of bothered me a little bit. Uh, with the drone strike on our base, 
they said that they could not identify or misidentified the drone coming in mm-hmm. as one of ours. Would it be possible that the uh, drone was actually an American-made drone that was left in Afghanistan? I, I, I don't know. That's a good question. I don't know. Did we leave drones in Afghanistan along with all of the billions of dollars worth of other equipment uh, and material? I, I don't know. Or remember, I don't know either, but I know there was a heck of a lot of stuff there. And yeah. I would think that the military would have been able, you know, air traffic control can identify every plane in the sky. That's because they uh, want to, uh, yeah, but they want to be identified. Well, here's the thing. Remember, Bill, there was like, remember, that, uh, I want to say maybe seven, six, seven years ago. Remember, there was a drone that went down and in Iran or something, one of our drones, or maybe Iraq. Do you remember this? It, that The drone went down and Iran got it. Do you remember that? Oh, yeah. So maybe they, maybe this is that drone. Yeah, that's a possibility too. Yeah, maybe they took the drone that they recovered and then they got it working and they strapped a bunch of, you know, dynamite to it. Which, like, look, I mean, there is certain things that uh, various societies are are much uh, more adept at doing, and this is one of the things that uh, uh, that the Islamist uh, uh, world is very good at. So they probably you know, could have just strapped a bunch of explosives to this thing and just sent it in, you know. And it's hard to say. Yeah, I don't know. It's a good question. Go. All right, Bill. Uh, you allow me on there? Absolutely. You have a good day, man. You too, sir. Thank you, Bill. I appreciate the call. I don't know. I just saw the initial reports that they thought it was like it had kind of that drone had gotten into the base when they thought it was one of theirs coming back or something. But then I saw another headline. And I did not read the story, but I, I saw something like, well, they're not sure if that's actually what did happen. That they're not sure if that's how it got through or not. So I, I admit, I don't know all of the details on that. Let's go back to the phones and talk with Mike. Hello, Mike. Welcome to the program. Hello, Pete. How you been doing? Hey, I'm good, Mike. How are you? I'm doing fine. We're listening to the scariest arguments for most of the morning. Quite, quite fascinating. I'll give you my quick prediction, and then we'll go on to the border, which is I think SCOTUS is going to come down close to 9-0. The Trump stays on the ballot in Colorado, but they're going to come down close to 9-0 that no immunity. No, he's not immune. He's citizen Trump. So they'll split the baby and they'll try and be unanimous and um, take that and a couple of dollars and you'll get a cup of coffee at uh, Starbucks. All right. Well, that's well. Look, hey, on the immunity question, I, I think I said this yesterday. Uh, Donald Trump better hope that he does not win the immunity argument because if he does, then I think that that means Joe Biden can drone strike him. <laughs> before the election, right? Just take them out completely. And I don't think that's... Uh, 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 yeah, I mean, it was it was uh, uh, his own attorney, Trump's own attorney, that says, you know, you can take still Team 6, you know, and just you know, get rid of Trump. You know, hey, all immunity, no question. There you go. So, you know, no, no problem. Yeah. Um, uh, I've been wanting to call. I've been... Um, um, a lot of discussion about the border, and I was listening to Walter earlier about Occam, Occam's Razor, and I'm a I'm a big Occam, uh, Occam's Razor uh, fan as well. That in most of life, the simplest solution mm-hmm. is likely the most is the one that's going to be the the, the correct one. Of course, I'm also mindful of uh, of uh, that old H.L. Uh, Mencken quote. You know, it says for every complex problem, there's a solution that's simple, neat, and wrong. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, so like like all of life, you got some competing. 
you know, narratives. That well, and, well and, I, and I would throw in Walter E. Williams' uh, quote as well. I think it was Walter Williams, or it may have been uh, Thomas Sowell, actually. I think it was Thomas Sowell, who said, uh-huh. there are no solutions, there are only trade-offs. Mm. That, that is a great point, and it leads me right in to talking about the border, because I'm mean, going to Walter, Walter's point, let's, let's just enforce the laws that we got. And that's a good, good point. Enforcing those laws takes resources, mm-hmm. and it takes money, and it takes personnel, all of which was included in this bill that you and just absolutely ran roughshod on. Um, uh, you know, all you know, once it once it came out, correct? And yeah, because it was a terrible well, bill. Well, that's what I wanted to ask. Other than the fact that Donald Trump doesn't like it, what makes it so terrible? How well did you, uh, uh, how deep did you dive into the bill? Well, I think your problem has been that it you know, supposedly uh, uh, allows up to 5,000 people a day or something along those lines, when in fact what happens is it, it triggers authority that the president does not now have Mm-mm. when certain levels get there. No. You said yesterday. No, 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 Mike, Mike, hang oh, on. I gotta, no, no, I got to okay. stop you right there because that's not correct. Okay. That's not that, That's not correct. The 5,000 number, first off, I've never really focused on the 5,000 number as the biggest problem I have with the bill. Okay. The 5,000 number, um, it that only triggers the uh, the secretary of DHS. It triggers an authority for him. The president has discretion to override that whenever he would like. And even mm-hmm. if it's triggered and even if it is then implemented, then it only in the first year can be for nine months, second year, seven months, third year, six months, and then it sunsets. So if, you're, um, if your argument is that we need this thing because it'll give him this authority, it, it actually just codifies a discretion that Biden is currently exercising First of all, second of all, if what you are saying is that the five thousand number is somehow sacrosanct, and that's the that's the trigger point, what you are saying then is that at four thousand, you can keep that number coming in. That's fine. Four thousand a month, forty five hundred a month. That's fine. Four thousand a month is still one and a half million annually, and so that doesn't well, actually looking. stop. That doesn't actually stop the problem by putting in a five thousand number cap. But that's just on the five thousand issue. Well, the, the numbers are coming in clearly at a higher rate than they, they have been in the past. Mm-hmm. The question becomes what to do with all these folks and how to, um, how to uh, process them quickly, Mm-mm. how to determine those, how to determine those who are uh, eligible for asylum to nope. get them eligible. That's not the question. Are. Get them back out. No, that's not and, the. No, no, no. That's not the. This is what this here's. This is the fundamental flaw in the assumption is that that's not the problem. That's not the question. The problem is is that the remain in Mexico policy was undone, along with like ninety other executive orders regarding immigration controls. So that, but well, the big one was the remain in Mexico. And so what happened was remain now Mexico requires the requires the top cooperation of of Mexico, which we had. And, well, and what I want to focus in on is, you know... I know you don't want to focus on that. Well, I do. No, no, you don't want to focus on what I just told you. What I, what I told you, because what I told you is the key. 
the remain in Mexico policy that we had the cooperation of Mexico that Biden undid. And now that means everybody gets to cross the border and become, quote, an encounter. And now all they have to do is say asylum. And then the issue is, as you just said, the focus then turns to processing. All you want to do and all this bill did was focus on the processing side. But all but but that's not the problem. You got to stop it from happening in the first place. And you can do that with a remain in Mexico type policy. All right. And so how do you convince how do you work with Mexico? They did it already. Get all that done. I, I got I got a real easy solution for that one. How about we tax your remittances? Keep in mind now that Mexico is now our largest trading partner, partner sure. having supplanted has having supplanted China. Sure, but to get to the but to get to the root causes, which you said I think with Bill the, the first time, the root causes go to the fact that these people that are coming in are fleeing horrific situations. That's not what the right? survey say. And they want to come here. No, that's not that's not true either. That's another one of the. Lo- that's yeah, another yeah. no, I'm Mike. Mike, they're fleeing economic. Ter- they're fle- they're fleeing economic conditions. They say the they say that they are uh, fleeing. They're they're afraid for their lives because that's the thing that gets them the asylum processing. But that's not either why way, they are. These are economic. And here's the thing: the the demographic profile of the people coming in has shifted over the last. Three years now. It used to be unaccompanied minors and women and children, but that demographic profile has now shifted. We're now seeing young military-aged men. That's the predominant demographic coming across the border now. No, I think, well, regardless, they are coming here. And what that bill provided, what I'm trying to get at, is that you need resources to invoke Walter's simple solution, let's enforce the laws that we have. And that's what the bill did. No, no, Mike, I got to run. That's not only what the bill did. If you only want to do resources for border security, that the House already did that. H.R. 2, border security. They already passed that. Get your Democrats to sign on.